It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Today's episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On City. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Back at it again for another episode of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Julian Council, back here in the saddle, doing it with you guys for, what, the seventh straight week? I've lost track. I'm happy to be here, happy to have everyone who's listened so far. Thank you so much. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, where, for whatever reason, Apple is on their mess, man. They're on their ish, and it's not working. I don't know what's going on. I still have not seen the last three episodes populated there yet. When it is there, I will let you know. Again, I already told you, if you subscribe to the podcast, which you should already be doing, they are coming up. But if you're not subscribing, it's not showing on the homepage, and I don't really know what the deal is there. But there's still Spotify, which you can find the podcast and all the episodes. There's still Stitcher. There's still Odyssey. There's still Google Podcasts. So while Apple's not working... Everyone else can help you out. And that's a good thing about it. With our podcast and all the podcasts that are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, you can find us pretty much wherever podcasts are found. Also, make sure to follow me at Julian Council on Twitter, where you can DM me, ask me whatever questions you have to Carolina Panthers. And when you do that, I will answer them every Friday throughout the rest of the offseason. And maybe we'll probably change it up once the season gets here. But every Friday, we have our weekly mailbag. Did not do it last Friday. We did it last Thursday. But this Friday, we're back at our regularly scheduled weekly mailbag. So please, let me know what questions you have with the Carolina Panthers. If you have any personal questions you want to ask me about myself, within reason, for sure, I'll answer them. Of course, you're listening every day. So you might as well try to get to know who I am more on a personal level outside of just all the uh, takes and opinions I have in your Carolina Panthers. So if you have any questions, please tweet at me at Julian Council on Twitter, where, again, you should be following. Like I said the other day, I see the amount of listens we get, and that's more than the people I have followed me on Twitter. So I'm demanding you to follow me on Twitter. A few people obliged today, so I'm going to need more people to oblige tomorrow. All right, so thank you so much for doing that. Coming up on today's show, going to get into more of what Matt Rule had to say about Sam Darnold. It's been a week since Justin Fields is on the board. The Panthers decided that they didn't want him. I'm wondering, are y'all still okay with that, or are there still people out there upset about it? Also, we're going to get day three of our position breakdown, and we're talking about offensive line. Has the offensive line been fixed? I'm not quite so sure, but I want your opinion as well. And then finally, Bleacher Report, not feeling the Panthers right now. They ranked them among one of the worst teams in the NFL after the NFL draft, and I'm not really sure Bleacher Report got that one right. So we'll get to that and more right here today on the Locked On Panthers podcast. But starting off, where I started the show yesterday. Matt Rule, his love of Sam Darnold, I think it's legit. The Teddy Bridgewater stuff, as I told you, there was no way Matt Rule truly believed that Teddy Bridgewater was a quarterback that you were going to ever win big with. Yes, you can win with Teddy Bridgewater, but you have to have a great offense line, which the Panthers did not have. You have to have a great defensive line, which the Panthers did not have. You have to have a good defensive secondary, which the Panthers did not have. 
They had good receivers. As you saw, were three guys had 1,000 yards receiving, or at least 1,000 yards from scrimmage, and another guy, fourth. Mike Davis had 1,000 yards from scrimmage, all with Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. But that was not the team in the roster where you've seen Teddy Bridgewater be able to succeed when he was in Minneapolis, New Orleans. So Matt Rule might have liked him and loved him, whatever, but it was never, never going to be as much of the love he has for Sam Darnold, a former top three pick, a guy who now in Carolina has an opportunity to actually fulfill the promise that many saw he had coming out of Southern California back in 2018 when he was drafted by the New York Jets. So the love, Matt Rule went out there and talked about it yesterday or I guess two days ago, whenever it was, on the Rich Eisen show. And he actually had this quote to Rich Eisen, which I did not have for you yesterday. But here's the full quote saying, I love those guys in, ter- in terms of asked about why he chose not to take a quarterback in the first round. He said, I love those guys, and I think they're going to be great NFL players. I just think for us, when we got Sam, and knowing he's 23 years old, just turned 24, we just felt like Sam plus another player would be far better for the team overall. That player, of course, being J.C. Horn. We're just trying to build the whole team, and I just believe in Sam. I believe that he deserves the opportunity to go out and play with us. I think those other young quarterbacks are going to be fantastic players, but the hit rate on first-round quarterbacks isn't real, real high, and I have a chance to get J.C. Horn and have Sam Darnold. We just kind of felt like, hey, this is two for one. Now we just have to make sure Sam is a great player for us, which the logic makes plenty of sense. Why I had told y'all for weeks... It didn't make any sense for them to go trade and draft a quarterback because if they wanted any of these rookies, they would have done what San Francisco did. Or then, when given the opportunity last Thursday night, they would have taken Justin Fields there at eight. But instead, let's go ahead two for one. Let's go ahead and get a guy who formerly was a top three pick in Sam Darnold. And then let's go best player available, which free agency was always set up to do, which they did by getting J.C. Horn there at number eight overall. So the logic makes plenty of sense with Matt Rule talking to Rich Eisen on the Rich Eisen Show on Tuesday afternoon. Now, after hearing that, if you're someone who was disappointed or even enraged, angered by the Panthers not drafting Justin Fields, does that make you feel better at least? Does it make you feel better that the logic there was we could basically get our quarterback situation taken care of with a former first rounder? And we can still get our best player on the board. And the Panthers, not just the best player on the board, like the Panthers have the option out of every single defensive player in the draft. And J.C. Horn was who they thought was the best defensive player. And this is a defense. As Matt Rule mentioned last week after drafting J.C. Horn, they couldn't get off the field on third downs. They needed to upgrade at the cornerback position, especially considering what's going to happen with Dante Jackson potentially departing Carolina after the season. Same thing with A.J. Boye. What do you have in Troy Pride and Stan Thomas Oliver? They needed a guy who could step in right away, and J.C. Horn's that guy. And they also need a quarterback. And they feel like Matt, that um Sam Darnold is that quarterback for them. So I do wonder, does this make you feel better? Because it certainly would make me feel better if I was someone who desperately wanted Justin Fields. Now, I did get in the moment after Panay Sewell was gone. I said, fine. I'm on board. Draft Justin Fields. Whatever. They didn't do that. I'm on board with them. I really am. I truly, honestly, like I said yesterday, I truly believe that Sam Darnold is someone that they see as actual the franchise. Unlike Teddy Bridgewater, where there's no way you can ever convince me that Matt Rule was dumb enough to believe that Teddy Bridgewater was the franchise guy. It was a weird signing. It never really made a ton of sense because you could have wrote it to the bottom with Will Greer and PJ Walker or Kyle Allen had you not traded him to the Washington football team. You could have done that, opposed to bringing in Teddy Bridgewater, who was always, I know you guys think he sucks, he was always going to be too good, even if you think he was so bad. 
Like, he was good enough for them to win, what, four, I guess four games technically, and then the other one was P.J. Walker, but that was really the defense who won that game. He was always going to be too good for you to ever be in position. I mean, not just you, but like for us, I mean, the Panthers, to be in position to get Trevor Lawrence. And I guess Zach Wilson, who I've already been on the record and says, I think he's going to be a bum, mainly because all Jets quarterbacks are bums, but also I don't think he really played against any great talent when he was out there at BYU this past season. And then when he did in 2019, well, he wasn't all that great. So no one was talking about that guy's a first round pick this time last year. Zach Wilson aside, hearing those comments from Matt Rule should make you be feel confident in their evaluation of this quarterback and Sam Darnold. I did not love it at first. I still don't necessarily love it. I'm still not necessarily on board, but I'm going to have to get on board at some point in time, especially, well, since the season's coming up here in a few months. So I have plenty. I have all summer, because we're still technically in spring. I have all summer to get on board with Sam Darnold as a Panthers franchise quarterback, and hopefully he's going to work out and be the guy for the next 10, 12, 15 years, unlike he was in New York. So I'm just saying, Justin Fields, We'll see how he does in Chicago. He will always be kind of linked to Carolina and this decision to bypass him, even though the decision to bypass Justin Fields was not made last Thursday evening. It was made five weeks prior when the Panthers decided to give away a second, a fourth, and a sixth New York Jets for Sam Darnold to be their starting quarterback. So we've already been through the quarterback room and the wide receiver room. Let's hold off on the running backs for just now. And let's talk about my favorite position group. Well, I guess you would probably think it's my favorite position group, considering I talk about it all the time, the offensive line. Now, the Carolina Panthers finally fixed the O-line. I'm not quite so sure. I'll get to that in just a moment. Hey, Panther fans, listen up. Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC, is offering a complimentary bottle to all football fans in America. Yeah, that means you, all football fans. To get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T, text DRAFT to 231 231. This unique man-boosting formula is powered by Testafin, which helps boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels and increase energy and lean muscle mass. Plus, text now, and they'll include a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever with key ingredients to help you get back in shape absolutely free. Text DRAFT, D-R-A-F-T, to 231-231. That's DRAFT, D-R-A-F-T. AFT to 231-231. Message and data rates may apply. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. So you remember when I said last week that the Carolina Panthers, I think it was really actually uh, exactly a week ago, when I begged the Panthers to draft the left tackle in the first round, especially if it was Panay Sewell, hashtag Panay Sewell or riot. Well, he did not need to riot because Panay Sewell, unfortunately, is going to be a Detroit Lion for probably the rest of his career because that man is going to be a stud. Hopefully, he'll be a Hall of Famer for his sake and his family's sake. And honestly, I probably should get over my love of Panay Sewell, but I'm never going to stop loving that man because, God, he would have been a brick wall here in Carolina. Unless he's a bust, then he would have always been terrible. So, either way, I did promise that I would never utter the two words left and tackle in succession if the Carolina Panthers took a left tackle in the draft. 
Well, I, I think I actually don't have to follow that because technically Scott Fitterer said when it came to Brady Christensen, their third round pick out of Brigham Young University in Provo, Utah, that we're not going to necessarily say what position he is. He could be a guard for us or a tackle for us. Didn't say right guard. Didn't say left guard. Didn't say right tackle. Obviously, that's a Terrell Moten spot. Didn't say left tackle. So it seems like I can still talk about left tackles and whether the Panthers have one, considering they're not saying Brady Christensen's a left tackle or not. So the key question still is for the Carolina Panthers. Do they have a left tackle? Did they fix the offensive line? Because, again, as I just read to you the quotes from Matt Rule's interview with the esteemed gentleman who is Rich Eisen, host of the Rich Eisen Show on NFL Network, and also a host um, on NFL Network, that they believe in Sam Darnold. That they felt like they are getting a two-for-one by being able to trade for Sam Darnold and take him there and then stay at eight and draft J.C. Horn. Okay, two-for-one. Two first-round picks. I mean... If you look at it, they, truly they are two first-round picks. Okay, you believe in him, but do you have an offensive line to protect him? Because that's what plagued him in New York. The offensive line was not good. He couldn't stay healthy. And then there was a lot of other issues that compounded. We go back, and I brought up multiple times, that Monday Night Football game against the New England Patriots where Sam Darnold was seeing, quote-unquote, ghost. That's a little concerning, especially when you have a bad offensive line. And the Panthers have had a reputation since Jordan Gross retired of not being able to trot anyone out there at left tackle that has been any good. We've been through it. The Byron Bells, the Nate Chandlers, the Matt Khalil, the turnstile himself, Mike Rimmers, who single-handedly lost the Panthers at 2015 Super Bowl. There's been the blind side. It was okay. But the concussion issues had him out and had Mike Rimmers playing in a position he should have been playing. Speaking of guys who shouldn't have been playing left tackle, Daryl Williams, who had an all-pro year. Then he hurt his knee in a contract year. And then he has to be forced to play left tackle because Taylor Moten's now the right tackle. He goes to Buffalo last year, back in his natural position, gets paid this offseason, happy for Daryl, but didn't help Carolina in terms of left tackle situation. So, Chris Clark, Marshall Newhouse, am I missing anyone? Trent Scott, Greg Little, the rented tackle, Russell Okung, that's a lot of names, and that's a lot of not even mediocrity. I'm not even going to say what they really are because I'm not going to be disrespectful to anybody because these people have families. They have people who love them. They got their mothers who care for them, and I'm not going to disrespect their family by saying what I want to say about some of these dudes who've lined up at left tackle for the Carolina Panthers. But I still think the key question is, is this offensive line fixed? If you look at the current depth chart right now, and we'll go right to left. We'll get to the last part that I really want to talk about later. You go to right tackle. Taylor Moten, locked down, $13.75 million, franchise tag. They still have until July 15 to sign him to a contract extension, which should really be the number one priority for the Carolina Panthers when it comes to any single player's contract. I'm not worried about Robbie Anderson. I'm not worried about Dante Jackson. The only player on this roster who I'm concerned about, whether they're going to get paid or not, is Taylor Moten because he is the only offensive lineman on this team that I would even protect with my own life if I went out there to play quarterback. The other guys on this on this roster, you could not, yeah, you could pay me $4 million like Sam Darnold. You could pay me that kind of money. But if I'm just going out there as an innocent bystander with no pay, I'm not standing behind any of those dudes outside of Taylor Moten, especially if he's not out there. So Taylor Moten's the only person that I would put anyone I love back there to play quarterback for the Carolina Panthers, and I feel like they're going to be protected. Seriously. 
any of my enemies, go ahead. You can stand behind those guys. You can stand behind Cam Irving and Pat Elfline and Matt Paradis and John Miller. Good luck to you. But anyone I care about, want to see them do well, I'm not putting them behind any of those guys except for Taylor Moten. So Taylor Moten's the only person that we can really trust. Then right guard, John Miller, fine. Okay season last year. He was in Buffalo. They went to Cincinnati, signed a three-year deal. Then after a season, the, the Bengals are like, yeah, we don't really need you. And then the Bengals last year had the worst offensive line in football. So maybe it was a bad decision. Maybe the Bengals just didn't think, you know, he fit in there. And that's kind of an indictment at the Bengals who don't even know how to evaluate offensive line talent and then skip Panay Sewell. I don't even want you on the roster. But I thought John Miller was just fine for Carolina. Signing him back was one of my priorities for this offseason in terms of my to-do list. They did that. Now you also have behind him at guard and also potentially a center, David Moore, who played at Grambling State, HBCU. Eddie Robinson, the OG Hall of Famer coach down there. Um, you had him play at Grambling State. They opted out this season, so he has not played in a considerable amount of time. He was on the Panthers Senior Bowl roster. He stands at 6'1 and a half, 350 pounds. So that's a lot of girth. You talk about him and Deontay Brown, who they drafted out of Alabama, who again is going to be the largest human being. And could you could seriously be a solar eclipse when he gets here to Charlotte. That's what you kind of want him to be on this offense line, especially you think about him and Moore lined up next to each other. Good God, good luck trying to push 700 pounds out of the way if you're any other defensive lineman in the NFL. So Miller's probably going to start. So we've got Moten, Miller on the right side. Uh, center, going to be Matt Paradis for one last year. Pat Fline, who's been paid like he's going to be a starter. Uh, I guess he's probably going to start day one. I'm not quite sure because if Deontay Brown can keep up his weight and the fact that he played at Alabama, I mean, Elfline's an Ohio State guy. Excuse me. The Ohio State University guy. He can play too. But he has not proven that he can play in the NFL very well so far. Deontay Brown has not been given an opportunity to prove that just yet. And if he shows that he's going to be a little bit better, then I'm kind of thinking maybe that should be your guy. And if you need to move Elfline to be your center moving forward, Okay, that could potentially work. But again, Garrett Bradbury, Charlotte guy. Went to North Carolina State. Go Wolfpack. Kidding. Not an NC State guy at all. Screw State. Um, if I'm being honest with you, unless you're a State fan, then actually go Wolfpack and please keep listening to the podcast. But again, I'm not going to apologize. Maybe he might be better off at center, even though Garrett Bradbury took his position there in Minneapolis and he had to go to the Jets where he did not play well. Now he's back here. So that's kind of the situation right there. Elfline likely going to start at left guard. Now at left tackle. It's going to be Cam Irving, Greg Little, Trent Scott, or Brady Christensen. And Christensen could also be someone who slides in and plays guard. I also missed I, I missed out on Dennis Daly there as a guard. Where does he fit in? He's, again, one of those guys, same class as Greg Little, who was not brought in by this regime. Last year's injuries really hurt him. He had his moments as a rookie for the Panthers after playing left tackle at the University of South Carolina. But... Where does he factor in? Does this coaching staff believe in him? Because they did just go out there and draft a guard. They signed another guard in Pat Elfline, brought back another guard in John Miller, and then got a guy in David Moore who, had he played this past season, probably was going to be a draft pick. They signed him as a UDFA. So that makes you kind of believe that, what's that, one, two, three, four new guys they bring in that maybe Dennis Daly isn't a part of this team's plans. But at left tackle, it's either going to be Irving, Little, Scott, or Christensen. Not necessarily murderer's row, the best options out there possible, if we're being honest. Irving's getting paid the most money, $8 million guaranteed. He has been 
a largely disappointment throughout his NFL career so far. I truly believe he's only able to garner the money he has so far because he was a first-rounder. And it's one of the situations a little bit like Sam Darnold, even though I think they truly do believe in Sam Darnold, where because you're a first-round pick, and this is a lot of guys like this in the NFL, because you're a first-round pick, teams are always going to believe that they have the opportunity to unlock you and get out all the talent that you have, even though some guys might just be first-round picks and just not good football players at this level. That just might be the case. And I think right now that's probably the case with Cam Irving. So if we're really going to be honest with ourselves, Trent Scott's probably going to be the day one starter at left tackle. And I think you would hope that after seeing what Cam Irving's done or not done in Cleveland, Kansas City, and Dallas last year where he spent most of his time injured. Christensen hopefully will be the left tackle of the future. But in terms of this offensive line fixed, I can't really say that because you're bringing back three guys from last year in Paradis, Miller, and Moten who, I mean, outside of Moten, I'm not really quite sure about, but I am I feel fine really about the right side of the, of the line. But the left side, major question mark. Could end up being fixed by the time we get to the season that all those guys that are out there in the left side are the candidates for left and left tackle, for left guard and left tackle respectively, that they turn out being the answer for Carolina. But right now, as we sit here in early May, I think that you cannot say that this is a fixed offensive line. It's going to be a to-be-determined-later situation here in Carolina once we get down to Spartanburg and then over on Cedar Street and then finally at 800 South Main Street and the Carolina Panthers once they finally play at back at Bank of America Stadium to figure out whether this line is fixed or not. Now, whether the line is fixed or not is probably weighs into why Bleacher Report is not high on the Carolina Panthers. I'll get to why they don't think the Panthers are all that good and why I don't really think that Bleacher Report got that one right in just a moment. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. <laughs> Get it? Swing. And you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their playoff runs. Like the Charlotte Hornets locally, listen to the Lockdown Hornets podcast, my guys Walker Mel and Kanata Edwards. Head to the website and use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online. Your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now, not later, right now, and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on, and their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. I had a friend once who said, If everybody likes you, then you're doing something wrong. You need some haters out there in life. Maybe that's probably not the wisest words I was ever told, but the Carolina Panthers are getting hating on by the Bleacher Report. 
Bleacher Report ranks the Carolina Panthers 26 in the NFL. By the way, for those of you who don't know this, if you don't know this, which is kind of weird, how do you not know this? There's only 32 teams in the NFL. So 26 in the league. That's where Bleacher Report ranks the Carolina Panthers following the 2021 NFL Draft, where they brought in a record-tying 11 draft picks. The first time they brought that many in since 1995, the inaugural draft class for the Carolina Panthers. So this is what Bleacher Report thinks the Carolina Panthers aren't all that good. If at first you don't succeed, try, try again. That appears to be the Carolina Panthers' mantra at quarterback in 2021. After one disappointing season from Teddy Bridgewater, the Panthers flipped him to the Denver Broncos. But before that trade, they acquired Sam Darnold from the New York Jets. Darnold's first three pro seasons weren't good, but he wasn't given much of a chance to succeed in New York. In Carolina, Darnold will play with one of the NFL's best running backs in Christian McCaffrey. Not one of the best, actually, by the way. His passing game weapons will include a familiar face in Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, and the explosive rookie Terrace Marshall Jr. And while Carolina's O-line wasn't great in 2020, it was better than the mess that protected Darnold in New York, which is true. Uh, there's pressure to go with his second chance, though. The Panthers elected to draft South Carolina cornerback J.C. Horn, eighth overall, then take a quarterback. If Darnold can't turn things around, that decision won't soon be forgotten, which is true. And we've had that conversation. In the, the beginning sentence, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. I don't know who in the world thought the Teddy Bridgewater thing was ever going to work out to the Panthers' benefit in terms of him being the actual guy long term. And I did say, when they brought in Sam Darnold, what exactly is the plan for the Carolina Panthers? And I still ask that. Is like So I know the plan is now, from have, after seeing what they did in the draft, not taking Justin Fields, hearing Matt Rule go to Rich Eisen and tell him he sells a two-for-one by having his quarterback of the future, who's, turned into, who's just turned 24 apparently, and also getting J.C. Horn, who they felt was the best defensive player in the draft, as there was the entirety of the defensive players in college football and draft eligible that were on the board for Carolina, and they took J.C. Horn. So... I've expressed that same sentiment sentiment at a point in time here. But they do believe in him. And that is their plan for Sam Darnold to be the franchise quarterback, at least for now. Plans always, they can change. And if you learn anything about life, planning for anything can sometimes be real fickle. And the Carolina Panthers plan, I guess, for Teddy Bridgewater for three seasons, really two, and didn't even make it past one. And the Carolina Panthers have already given... Sam Darnold, $18.8 million. So at the very least, they seem to be committed to have him here this year and then in 2022. Now, of course, if he goes out there and is a complete bum and plays like he played in New York, then, yeah, they're probably going to be getting a quarterback. And we're probably going to be breaking down the Carolina Panthers' first-round draft pick, who was a quarterback, who they just took last week, this time, next year. Hopefully that's not the case. I wouldn't be surprised that it is, but hopefully it's not the case. But they didn't really give me, Bleach Report there, any reason why they don't think the Panthers are any good because if you think they're 26 out of 32 teams in the nfl that means you think they're not you think they're bad i mean uh as like you can hear me i'm trying to i'm searching i'm literally trying to search for where's the justification for this football team not being any good this year my expectations still post-draft are for a eight or nine win season. And I'm probably leaning more towards nine, which is going to put them right there in the thick of things for the wild card and possibly right in the playoffs. Right there, all they said was darn it wasn't good in New York. But he has great weapons here. And the offensive line is better than what he had in New York. And you drafted J.C. Horn. They didn't say anything about negative about the Panthers. They didn't bring up the fact that they couldn't rush the pass last year. The secondary was any good. So I'm just kind of miffed by how they use that as their justification for why, for why the Carolina Panthers are 26 out of 32 teams in the NFL. The Carolina Panthers are going to be just fine. 
I've already been over this week how I feel that Scott Fitterer and Matt Rule have finally laid a foundation here in Carolina to put this position, this organization position that David Tepper promised us of sustained success, some short-term suffering for long-term gains and celebrations and parades downtown, uptown, whatever you want to call it here in Charlotte. That's where I think this organization's headed. Sam Darnold, I hope he's going to work out. They believe he's going to work out. You already see the weapons here. This is a better, these are better weapons than Cam Newton ever could have dreamed of having. It sucks that now Cam's gone and his body's deteriorated to the point that it has where New England did resign him, but now they brought in Mac Jones. It stinks that we didn't ever get this opportunity with Cam to have legitimate weapons, but now you have that. You have a young defensive core. You have the youngest team in the NFL. 24.2 is the average age of this play of the players on this roster, the youngest team in the NFL. It can only go up from here. In last year, as frustrating as games were at the end of the seat, at end of games, where they couldn't go down the field, 0 for 8, whether it was on Bridgewater, Brady, the offensive line, whoever you want to blame, they didn't get it done. But they were competitive. They weren't getting the doors blown off of them. We none of one had expectations last year for this team to be any good. Which I understand why people probably were mad as hell over Teddy Bridgewater because. Well, you didn't think that they were going to be any good, but you didn't expect them to lose like that, even though I will continue to tell you it's the NFL. Games are won and lost by one possession. This isn't college football where teams get blown the hell out if they're not good. I'm not going to keep telling you that. That's just, just lock that into your brain and remember that. NFL games are won by one possession, typically. Look at the spreads each week. They ain't blowouts week to week in the NFL if you're a bad football team. That's just not, that doesn't happen. The Jets still were able to win football games over a playoff te- two playoff teams at the end of last season in the Rams, and the Browns. So get the idea out of your head about the NFL and how if you're bad, you can't be competitive because that's just not the case. These are all professionals. Anywho, the Panthers were a competitive team last year. So conventional wisdom with what they did in free agency and what they did in the draft, they should be better this upcoming season. I think they're a lot better than 26 team in the NFL, which Bleach Report, not even sure how they even came to getting that decision and coming to that conclusion about the Carolina Panthers after what we've seen in the last three months in free agency and the NFL draft. So they're up to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, of course, Julian Council. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, typically, not right now, but typically you can find us where you can rate, review, and subscribe. You can also check us out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Stitcher, and Pretty much wherever you find your podcast. You can also follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where I'm going to need your participation right now by following me and also by tweeting at me and letting me know what questions you want me to answer for you on our Friday weekly mailbag coming up in tomorrow's episode. So please go ahead and answer, ask me those questions, and I'll answer them for you. Again, folks, seriously, appreciate all the support I've been getting. The numbers have been awesome, more than I ever would have imagined when I started doing this podcast. And I can only think about how much bigger this thing can go with your support and with the support of Carolina Panthers Nation out there. So once you get to the season, things are going to be even better. Can even get more content out there. I'm still working on adding some more elements to the show for you moving forward. Still in a little bit of our infancy, so you just kind of want to feel things out. I've gotten some feedback from y'all, so definitely listening to it. Definitely trying to improve every day. Definitely trying to give you the best product out there. So again, I love y'all. Respect y'all. Talk to you tomorrow. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, 
Look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.